0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com And good evening, everybody, to this evening of Chizuk. Thank you so much for tuning in. I think that in these tremendously dark times, it is more important than ever that we have these evenings of Chizuk. And it's a beautiful thing that Torah Anytime has been putting together, these incredible... Um, lineups for people to be able to tune in and be mechazek themselves, and I'm humbled and honored to be able to be a part of this evening, and hopefully we can share some ideas here that some people can walk away with something concrete. Tonight's shir should be a Raful Shlema for Rebaruch Sachs, Rebaruch ben Chayadaba, as well as Yaakov ben Sarah, and Elinatan Yisrael Shlomo Yaakov ben Malka Freida. These are incredibly dark times. Incredibly dark times, and because of that, more than ever, I think Kali Yisrael is looking for places to get inspirations of light. One of those beacons which has been shining forth for so much of the last bunch of years is that incredible organization, which we're all part of, of, that is called Torah Anytime. Torah Anytime has millions of hours of shurim that are played throughout the year, But there's two things tonight before we even begin that I'd like to tell you about which I think are important that every person takes advantage of. The first thing is that Torah Anytime has this amazing, amazing thing called the Daily Dose where they send you out daily inspirational short videos which really can change your day. You can sign up by that. Send a text or WhatsApp to 929-355-4268. Every person should take advantage of that. You should sign up because it will... In three minutes or two minutes, it will change your day. Really important thing that everybody signs up to the Daily Dose. That's 929-355-4268 and just send them a text that says, add me. The second thing is that, Baruch Hashem, there are so many different speakers on Torah Anytime. Many of us come from very different backgrounds, very different perspectives, very different worlds. And I think that I mean, I know that so many people have their favorite speaker or speakers. And what people don't necessarily know about is that you can actually subscribe to your favorite speakers. And I think that as you're on the site now and as you're listening to these words of Chizuk, take a minute or two, click around on four or five speakers that you like, subscribe to them so that when their content comes out, even if it's not posted on the homepage, you're able to get a notification so you know when those classes come out and you're able to stay on top of your favorite speakers as well. With that said, let us jump in with a lot of siyat Dishmaya into this evening of Chazak. So, the last few weeks were an extremely, extremely, extremely dark time for Kal I myself came down with coronavirus about two weeks ago, and I have to tell you, it was one of the hardest experiences that I've ever gone through in my life. They talk about how this is similar to the flu. I can tell you from experience, this is nothing at all like the flu. This has respiratory symptoms similar to the flu, and it's contagious like the flu, but it, it, it knocks you out. It just takes everything out of you. And in the beginning, when they were talking about this idea called coronavirus and COVID-19, I think a lot of people were, yeah, they heard about it. It's something. It's out there. It's in the world, whatever. And then as it started creeping and getting closer and closer to home, people started like, yeah, taking a little bit more seriously. As someone who has gone through it, I'm a young person. <laughs> it's rough. It, it's rough. I, I posted a video, um, a WhatsApp voice note that I had sent out to people, which I know went all over the world because I got feedback from literally every planet, every continent you know, on this planet. And I, I, I encourage you to go listen to that. But I can tell you that this is not something that we've seen before. This is not one of those events in history where you know, okay, this happened, and then we just move on. And I think that a lot of people in the back of their mind, when they talk about they they, what they really want to hear is, Rabbi, could you just tell us when this is over? Can you just let me know when this whole thing is gonna be over so I could get out of my house and stop homeschooling my kids, I wasn't born to be a Mora. I never became a Mora. I never signed up for this role. Please, I'm, I'm done. I need some space from my husband, from my wife. I just need some, some me space. I need to go shopping for my kids' shoes. I need some new clothes for Yantif. I need to get on my Pesach program again. Can you please just let me know when this is over? I can tell you that I got a lot of messages from the voice note that went out when I was really sick, and a few people wrote to me something along those lines, along those, that sentiment, which was, please, just, just tell everyone everything is going to be good, and tell everyone that it's going to be great and wonderful, and Mashiach is coming, and we're all going to be okay, and just move on with your lives, and just tell us when it's going to be over. Now, I'm sure you know by this point that I'm not a Navi, <laughs> I'm not a Chacham, I'm just a regular guy who likes to post classes on Torah anytime. I'm also an accountant during the day. And I definitely cannot tell you when this is going to be over. I definitely can't tell you why Hashem brought this into this world. And I don't even know if I'm in a place or a position to be able to even give words of chizok. Like, who am I to give anybody any sort of chizok? I was tuning into a few of my Rebbeim who were giving their take on what's going on in the world. And it was very humbling to see that they themselves were at a loss of words. They they didn't know why this happened. And I know that people cope with things very very differently. Some people everything's a joke, it's a meme, it's a, it's just another funny thing that they post on their WhatsApp status or Wherever you know they find that it's just able to get them through the day. And I get that, and I've spoken about that, you know, on the other voice note, how that's just how some people cope with their day. To me, to me, this is this is not the end of the beginning. It's not the end of the end. To me, this is the beginning of the beginning. The way that again, I'm not gonna sit here and talk about the news and I'm not gonna try to get anybody down. But this virus has a long way to go still. And I think we have to still ourselves and understand the reality of what we're living through. I once heard of a David Aaron. He has this amazing way of putting words to give you a certain perspective. And he said that the word history is his story. It's Hashem's story. And just knowing that we're living through history, we're living through His story, Hashem's story, that Hashem clearly is sending us a message, a colossal message. We all know the Gemara, we all know all the majrashim, when you stick your hand in your pocket and you're supposed to pick out a quarter and you pick out a nickel, that is a message from Hashem. We all know that. We don't usually pay attention to those messages. This is almost like, and it's even more, but it's almost like Hashem is writing in the sky Dear children, dear Klael Yisrael, I have a massive, a huge, and impactful message to give you. Can you please open this envelope and figure out what's in it? Because clearly, this is. Not a small, this is a very large part of his story. It's a huge part of Hashem's story. And he's trying to communicate something to us. And I think that the idea of chizuk is not that we tell each other, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine is burying our heads in the sand. It's almost api to just say, it's going to be fine. Of course, everything Hashem does is for the best. And therefore, in that sense, it is fine. Not it's going to be fine, it is fine, because this is what Hashem wants. But I'd like to take this evening of Chizuk to not focus on just saying it's fine, everybody, don't worry about it, this will also pass, Gamze, Yavar, everything's going to be great. But rather, to take the word Chizuk and try to focus on what we maybe need to be machazic. What well, we need to be machazic ourselves. Look, what is this message? Why would Hashem close down every school, every shul, bein Adam I mean, there's incredible, incredible things going on right now. Don't get me wrong. The chesed that's happening now is unbelievable. And we know that when there's hard times, it brings out the best in people. and And we see that. But just... Basic things. Yes, I could call my 98-year-old grandmother, Bubby Susie. Bubby, I love you. Yeah, And I could call her, but I, I can't go visit. It, there, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. There's, there's so much of our daily interactions which has been upended. Why would Hashem do that? What is the message that He's trying to, 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 to tell us? If the message is everything's going to be fine, then He could have just left everything fine. He didn't. He made things not fine. And we have to recognize that for just a minute and stop just saying to ourselves, hey, everything is going to be fine. And Mirza it will be. But this is not the time to say everything is going to be fine. It's time to recognize that fear is a tremendous amount of pain in this world. And what does that mean for me? What do I have to do right now? It's like we know... We know in Mitzrayim, there was like, Ain't bias asha ain't sham mace, right? By makas Bechairis, there was no house that didn't have a dead body. <laughs> I mean, look at the world right now. It's, Ain't bias asha ain't sham chayla, like, every house has a sick person. How many, how many, how could you open the news and not see what is going on? How many? Forget the weddings that have no attendees. How many levias have no attendees? It's it's an unbelievable time right now in this world, and it's not it's not a moment in time. It's a chunk of time. It's like Hashem's like I need your attention. I really do. I need your attention for just a few minutes because I really need you to get a message. What is that message? What does Hashem want from us? So, I have to tell you something. I wasn't going to say this, but I think it's I think it's important. About a year ago, about a year ago, I sent a letter to. A certain, a certain I won't. I don't want to say who it is, but my life is very hectic. It's very busy. I'm dealing with a lot of, a lot of people who are in a lot of pain on a daily basis. I deal with a lot of couples that are fighting. I deal with a lot of people with broken engagements and fertility issues, and it's, it's a hard life. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of times I'm witness to the back end, to the, to the underground, to the parts of Klaishol that are not so pretty and exciting, and things that we want to put out there on billboards. And I, I wrote a letter to someone, and I wrote in the letter I said, I, "Like I, I don't understand this world we're living in. This is this is a crazy time." Remember, this is about a year ago. I said, "Like I'm dealing with people from very Cheshava homes, from from very wealthy homes, from very famous homes." You know, balechasadim, Russia yeshiva is like I'm dealing with so much heaviness from so many people. What, what's going on? This is when things were good. This is pre anything. And this person wrote back to me. He said, "I want to tell you something that I hope my words are not prophetic." He said, "But I believe." that the world is due for a self-correction. I don't want to go out there publicly and say this, but I believe that the world is due for self-correction. What's going on today, this is a year ago, it's not it's not how it should be. There there has to be something big that's in store for Klal Yisrael to get a shake up, to get a message That this is not okay. That the way things are, are not okay. And hopefully, that message can help us auto-correct our lives just a little bit. The last two weeks, I was stuck in bed with coronavirus. And the thing that kept going back over and over in my mind was... I guess our autocorrect has showed up. I guess that message has showed up. And I think that we really think, like we think about like, if I was alive during the Holocaust, I would totally have saw the Yad Hashem. I mean, I would have chapped that Hashem is doing something. He's moving, you know, Torah from Europe to America. And I I totally would have chapped, you know, what was going on we're living through his story right now it's it's happening we have to recognize that these colossal messages from Hashem are there to serve one purpose Hashem wants us to do better let's stop thinking otherwise Hashem is very proud of our Torah, and He's very proud of our Avoda, and He's very proud of our Shuls, and He's very proud of our Davening, and He's very proud of our Chesed, and our Tzedakah, and everything that we're doing. And He's very excited with Lakewood and BMG, and He loves Mir Yushalayim, and Brisk, and T'slabotka, and wherever other yeshivas you come from, Hashem loves it. He loves it. Chavetz Chaim, and Chabad, Hashem loves all of us. That's not what this is about. This is a little different message. This is not a kiss from Hashem. This is Hashem saying to each and every one of us, you need to do a little bit more. You need to dig a little bit deeper. You need to recognize that this is a time for self-introspection. What can I do a little bit more, a little bit deeper, a little bit better? That. I think, is the message. It's a time to look in and say, what can I be mechazek? Not, how can I get chizuk? What can I do to be mechazek my life? Yeah, we all thought we were perfect two months ago. Hashem is obviously telling us, you need a little bit more chizuk in your life. doesn't mean you need to turn on a radio to get chizuk. It means you need to look into, inside your life and say to yourself, what can I do a little bit different? Pain has a purpose. The purpose of pain is to tell you things are not good. This is painful. The fact that there's so many people who are just lying in the hospital alone, with nobody with them, that's painful. The, the fact that Klai is in this matzah, you turn on the news, there's nothing in the news. There's no news other than sickness and death and levias. That's a message. What's the message? What's the message? The message is this is not good. Not that this is going to be good. The message is I need you to be mechazek. I need you to do something different. I need you to look into your life and say to yourself, what am I doing and what can I do better? What can I be machazic in my life? It's like, it's almost like I was talking to a certain Rav and he said to me, there are Gemaras that talk about how certain things are not appropriate when Claudius Yisrael is going through a, an ace tzara. He's like, can, can you remember a time in your life that you said that like an ace tzara? I mean, what do you? What, what could you think of? You think about like a bus bombing. You think about some rockets in Eretz Yisrael. That's very, very bad. And everyone's so scared and scared. This is not just trepidation. This is real. This is real. This is like we davened a few months ago. We're standing in shul. We're saying, you know, An Asha Mashiach, and HaMashiach. It's like a joke. Hashem's like, you, you took it as a joke. You didn't think it was real. It is real. All these mageifahs, we go, mageifah, mashchis, blah, blah, blah. We just fly through them. So I'm like, it's real. These are my shluchim. These are the things that I send out to you to Klai Yisrael. Get the message. It's not good right now. Doesn't have to be good all the time. Right now, it's not a good time for Klai Yisrael. (sighs) I think that one of the biggest crimes are one of the biggest, it would be such a chaval if this just passed, if this just passed and nothing changed, if everything remained the same, if we could just fast forward three months, six months, they're talking about 12 to 18 months before they have a vaccine, 12 to 18 months before they have a vaccine. I want you to imagine that you fast-forwarded 12 to 18 months. Now you're able to leave your house. I know no one wants to talk about it. Everyone thinks it's like, okay, Pesach will come, and then i will say, okay, you know, Great Adventures is open again. 12 to 18 months, it's a year to a year and a half. That's next Pesach. I don't want to be the one to say it. But this is not me saying it. This is what they're saying, I'll be d'rach 12 to 18 months, maybe they could work a little faster, 10 to 12 months. 10 to 12 months, that's not this school year, that's the whole next school year. That's what they're talking about. Imagine if you could just hit fast forward and get there. I think so many of us would want to do that. We would want to do that, we'd be like, please, let's just fast forward and get there. That would be such a waste. That would be such a waste. A waste of a message. An unopened manila envelope from Hashem. Where Hashem says, I have a message for you. And you didn't even bother to read it. You didn't even bother to take the time to understand that I sent you a message. It went into your spam folder. You didn't even open it. That would be the biggest crime. If all this time just passed and all these people are nifter, and all these people are sick, and everyone is quarantined, and nothing happens, and we just get over it, that would be the biggest colossal waste of time, of a message, of pain, of sorrow. The night of Chizuk is not to say it's going to be good. The night of Chizuk is to say it's not good. Now you have to look inside to make it better. And I'm I'm getting so sick of these messages that I'm hearing. People saying, can you just say it'll be good? No, it's not good. That's the whole point right now. What do we need to do differently? I want to tell you... There's so much I want to tell you. I want to tell you a couple of ideas. My Rebbe, Rabbi Berkowitz, Rabbi Biskop Berkowitz he often shares says it every year around Pesach time and it's such a it's such an honest real message and if you know rabbi berkowitz you know that this is just him it's how he lives his life and i've i've heard this message probably 13 years in a row running now and i always heard it and it never really resonated i think as much as this year. Berkowitz talks about how when it comes to Pesach, we have two conflicting understandings of what matzah is. What is matzah? On the one hand, we have matzah. Matzah is lechem o'ini. When we were in Golis, when we were in Mitzrayim, we were slaves, we had nothing to eat. And they gave us matzah and we ate it. And it was like the basic beer minimum. Minimum of anything flour, water, it doesn't have time to bake, it just boom in a second. You take it, you eat it, you're full, you're good to go. But then we talk about matzah in the Haggadah when Kla Yisrael left, and the Svardim a lot of them have this minute that they take it, they put it on their backs, and they hop around the table and they go, right? And then they talk about how they left, right? When they ran out, there was no time for it to bake. This was like the lechem of the ge'ula. And Rabbi Berkowitz always asks, which one is it? What is matzah? Is it ge'ula? Or is matzah shibur? And he says, matzah is a message. You know what the message is? The message of matzah is, you're a Jew. A Jew has to know that there is only one life. A life of Ruchnius. The life of Ruchnias is your destiny. It's your future. It's the only thing you have in store for yourself. You're going to go into Mitzrayim, you know what they're going to give you? They're going to give you matzah. Matzah is the food that they give to the nothing, to the nobody, to the slaves. It's the food that's as far removed from chametz as you possibly get. It's not cake, it's not cookies, it's not these beautiful sponge cakes. You Nobody eats matzah at a dinner. Nobody eats matzah at a wedding. Matzah is the food that they gave nothing. It's nothing, it's not gashmi. It's, 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 you have no sheiches to Then there's the matzah of a person who is running out of Mitzrayim. He doesn't have time to wait to eat food. You know why? I'm getting close to Hashem. Who can think of cake and cookies now? And Rabbi Berkowitz always says that matzah is a message, a message to Klai Yisrael. The message is a simple message. You should know that you will live your life like matzah. No gashmias, only ruchmias. It's your choice. There's going to be times, says Hashem, you're going to be in the lowest of the low. You're going to have nothing. You're going to cry out, All Hashem heard, Everyone cried out to Hashem, and Hashem heard those cries. And that's all you're going to hear. You're going to hear people crying because you have nothing. You don't have a home. You don't have a job. You don't have parnasa, You have nothing. That's going to be one type of matzah. Or, if you so choose, you could choose to have nothing else. I don't need a job. I live with Hashem. I don't need anything. I just live with Hashem. And Hashem says to Kalah Yisrael, Matzah is a message. Which one do you want? Do you want the Matzah, Alechem Eini? Or you want the Matzah, that this is this is what we had when we ran out, because who has time to think of anything else? When I was learning in Eretz I used to walk back and forth from Eretz to Kolal, which was in Sanhedrin, it's like a 15-18 minute walk. The way there is mostly downhill, the way back is mostly uphill. Some days, I'd be totally, totally wiped out, and I just I took a cab. I spent a few bucks, a few shakal, and I took a cab, and I took it home. One day, I'm coming out of Cairo, and this cab flies down the hill of Sanhedrin, and the guy pulls up, and I said, you're available, at you're ready, you're available, and the guy says, yeah, and I said, okay, I'm going to Arze Habira." Now, when this guy pulled up, he literally pulled up at 100 miles an hour, <laughs> I hop into the cab, it's this young driver, probably 22, 23 years old. I was also a young guy, two young guys in a, in a cab. Now, my teva is that I'm a very nervous backseat driver. Especially in Israel, with Israeli drivers, I get very nervous. I'm sitting in the back of the cab, and the guy, I sit down, and the guy says, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Ezebira. He says, okay, great. He hits the pedal to the metal. <laughs> so fast, I flew back in my seat. I'm literally gripping my chair, trying to find my my seatbelt. My brain is scrambling for words, like between English and Hebrew. I'm like, and Yiddish, you know. I'm just like trying to find the words to say to this guy, like, "Whoa, like slow down." And I kid you not, this guy is driving 100 miles an hour, foot pedal to the metal. His eyes are on the front windshield and he's looking right and left, right and left, right and left and he's flying up the hill we get to the top of the hill there's like a crosswalk there's a lady in the crosswalk we're maybe 20 feet from this lady, this guy's not slowing down he's, he's driving, he is gunning it I'm thinking to myself like should I say something, should I not say something this guy flies through the crosswalk, he missed the lady by a hair, she turned around. She started screaming and yelling. You know what are you doing? I don't know what language she was screaming in. Clearly, it's not words that we could repeat here on Torah anytime. Fine. The guy takes this turn. Remember, he's driving. He he did not touch the brake one time. He's <laughs> flying towards Ayreze Habira as if I am the president and he needs to get me to my destination. Okay. We're driving. We get to another intersection and there's another person crossing the street. And this time, I realize that this guy is not going to miss her. He is going to hit her. And I scream out. I said, like, stop! careful, careful! And this driver, from looking back and forth, looking back and forth, he looked up, he saw her, slammed on the brakes. The cab skidded. I remember it, like, bumped into her. She fell onto the hood. She wasn't injured, barak Hashem. She started screaming at him. Of course, he turned and just started screaming back at her, like it's her fault somehow. She went on her way, and then he took off, again, like 100 miles an hour towards Ayaz habira So I turned to the driver, and I said, <laughs> Sicha, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I'm not in such a rush, you know what I'm saying? It's like, maybe the ride is going to cost me 12 shakal, it's okay if it costs me 15, shekels. I'm okay. I don't need you to drive 100 miles an hour to get to my destination. And he told me that this time, this Tukufa, was right after Operation Cast Lead. That was when Israel went into Lebe, into Gaza. And he said to me, in Hebrew, I don't remember Hebrew or English, but he told me that he had just gotten back from Operation Cast Lead. And... He said, in Operation Cast Lead, when you're driving in Gaza, there's a lot of times that the enemy will put people in the road so that these convoys will drive, they'll stop, there looks like an old lady crossing the road, they'll stop, and then all of a sudden, these terrorists will jump out with bombs, grenades, RPGs, whatever it is, and they could take out a convoy. So he said, when you drive in a convoy in Gaza, you drive with the pedal to the metal, there's no such thing as a brake. If there's somebody on the road, they are gone. You are running them down. But you have to look at the wall. Because if your Hummer or your vehicle clips the wall, then you could flip over. You're going so fast. So he said, we look at the walls to make sure we're not hitting walls. What's in front of us? It makes absolutely no difference. It makes absolutely no difference. So I said, very nice. I hear your story. (laughs) I hope this has no application for my everyday life. (laughs) You need to drive a little different now that you're here in civilization. You need to drive with like a little bit more, a little bit more care. He told me, when you're driving in Gaza, you need to stay on the road, you need to focus on the walls. I told him, that here in Yushalayim, you need to stay on the road, but you need to focus on the road. I think in my humblest metaphor, like, there's no place for me to say anything. Kali roll is so good. But for my own and maybe this is an idea that can help other people. I think a lot of us are driving 100 miles an hour on the road we're on the Darach but we're looking we're looking at the walls we're driving a hundred miles an hour on the Darach totally from I'm on the Darach but we're looking at the walls how how many times I think to myself how many times did I eat something and then at the end I'm like did I make Alamechia like, did I do that? Like, I think to myself, like, how many times do you say Asha Yatzar, and after you're like, did I even say it? Did I not say it? Or you're saying it while texting, while doing something? For my own life, just one thing that struck me about this whole coronavirus, this whole episode, everything we're going through, is that Hashem, in His infinite wisdom, He took down everything. I'm an accountant. I had April 15th as my deadline. It was, I, I was staying up till 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning to hit this deadline. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I was so focused on this deadline. Overnight, it's gone. There's no deadline. July, tw- July 15th, 2020, got three-month extension. Overnight! My whole perspective of what I was living for just changed. That deadline, Hashem's like, no deadline. That minion, that shav, everything stopped. Your kids bust that what you were living for, it's no longer there. And I think that what Hashem, the message that I'm taking, is that Hashem wants us to recognize you're living your life in a certain way, and you're doing it day in and day out. Your focus is not on what is right in front of you. I remember davening Shemana Esrei in a fetal position. It was the only position I could get comfortable. And I re- recognized in the middle of Esrei that I wasn't even facing Mizrach. I was facing the wrong way. Laying in bed. No Kayach. Davening Meirav at 2.30 in the morning when I finally had enough in me to say the words. And I was like, wow... I'm focused the wrong way. How bad is this? Hashem doesn't even want a normal Shmina Esri from me. It was almost like a smack, like a Pachin punim. But then I remembered, the Gemara says, Even if you're facing the wrong way, Just put the words in front of you. Have Kavana at least. Think about what you're saying. How many times do we dominate these magnificent shuls? Gorgeous Aaron Kaidash. Everything's incredible. It's beautiful. It's so, so nice. You walk out, you're like, Oh, did I say Yalavi Yavai? Oh, did I skip half of Tachnan? Oh, did I skip half of Hallelujahs? Did I, did I even have Kavana? Did I ask Hashem for anything? Did I thank Hashem for anything? You had everything. You're driving a Tesla right down the middle of the road, you're not focused on what's right in front of you. It struck me, take out the shuls, take out the sitter, take out standing, take out Mizrach, take out everything. Hashem says, just focus on what's in front of you. Can you just have kavanah? That's all I need from you. Can you just have a little kavanah. That's all I want from you at this point. I don't want anything else. How Like our Pesach, and I'm not here to bash chas and I'm really not here to bash. But like how... I, I've been getting so much news. Like I try to turn it off. But like how, how much of our Pesach is about like like people packing into 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 shoe stores now, people are still packing into shoe stores because they need shoes. You need shoes right now during a pandemic when people are dying. You need shoes. It's like it's like an avodah zara. Our pesach is avodah zara. It's we're not we don't we don't <laughs> what it means. We gotta tell a bincha b'ayemahu what it means to be a Jew. I, for one, I love the yeshiva system. My kids are in amazing school. I love the yeshiva system. There's one thing that always kills me, and I say it every year. Some years I'm listened to, some years I'm not. But I always say that the night of Pesach is v'higadata hu lemar, And to a very large degree, it's turned into v'higadata la'avicha. The kids come in with these books 9,000 pages, they're colored, they have songs, and it's so beautiful and it's so nice. Not making fun of it. This is what it means to be a Jew. This is what it means to live with only Ruchnias. This is the night of the year that you have a Chiv to tell that to your son. How many times does that not happen? How many times is that not the message? It's, but, my be said, that there's a no steer in there. N- what does a mean? If you square the root of this, or the gematria of that, that means that, n- 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 okay, very good. Could I have a candy? Yeah, very good. That's what it means to be a Jew, to sing all the right songs, to wear all the right shoes. libo'y <speaking in Hebrew> I feel like we're driving 100 miles an hour. We are not focused on the derech. We're not focused on the road. I'm not focused on the road. We're going through all the motions and they're so beautiful and they're so nice. Our weddings are stunning, gorgeous. They're so beautiful. Our marriages are garbage. I'm sorry to say it. Maybe it's just because of my line of work. You could cry. If you sat in my house for one night, you could cry at how pitiful. I'm not talking newlyweds. I know some of these magazines, oh, newlyweds are struggling. Newlyweds are struggling? 50-year-olds are struggling. 70-year-olds are struggling. Our weddings are so beautiful. We did everything right. We bought all the right books. We got all the right gifts. Hashem is like, hello. You could get married in a garage. You could get married in a basement. Have a marriage. al Islam, Have a marriage. You have to get married in a five hundred thousand dollar wedding and then be too cheap to pay five hundred dollars or three hundred dollars for therapy every single day, every week. Rahmanul Islam, What is going on here? We're on the derech. We're not focused on what's right in front of us. What's right in front of us. We're doing everything right, but I'm sorry to say, there's so much that's wrong, that needs chizuk. Don't talk to me about the the wedding plans when the marriage is a disaster. It's a disaster. This is like... I'm sorry to be the one to say it. Maybe it's just because I live in such a dark world. Maybe it's because I I just deal with so much. To me, it was a breath of fresh air when I got this letter a year ago. Claudia Yisrael is in for an autocorrect. I thought to myself, Baruch Hashem, autocorrect, whatever it takes. This is not normal. What I'm dealing with on a daily basis is not normal. I always tell my wife, maybe I shouldn't say it to my wife, but I always tell my wife, i say if I lived a hundred years ago, in 1920, think about 1920 in Vilna, right? Reb Chaim Meiser, the Chavetz Chaim was alive. I mean, forget, we're not even going to go through all the gedolim who are alive. A shoemaker in Vilna knew more than me than I will ever know. A shoemaker in Vilna. Like, who am I to give Chizuk to anyone? Who am I to give a lecture, a Torah, anything to anybody? Nothing. I would, nothing. The idea that Hashem put me in this position, I don't know why. People come to me with their troubles, with their issues, with their marriage problems, with their dilemmas, for their counseling, and we've dedicated our lives to it, and we're going to continue to do it in Mirtashem, we're going to continue to be mechadzik to, to do this, and in Mir we're going to be rolling out even more avenues of being able to give over so many things that we've learned from our Rebbeim. And it's not us, it's, we're, we're just conduits to our Rebbeim. And that's what we're going to continue to do. Maybe it's because I have such a, a viewpoint, a vantage point, that this is how I look at the world. This auto correct that the world needs—it needs it. I think that's the message. It's Hashem saying, "Rechaim shmulavitz, Rechaim Shmulevitz. He was on a boat to Eretz Somebody stopped him and said, "Where are you, Where are we holding?" And Rakhine he right off the bat, he goes, Shmaitza Gimel, where are you holding? Shmaitza Gimel, Shmaitza Gimel, he's holding in a safer, Shmaitza, very complex safer, he's in Gimel, he's in the third Chelek. V. Halkman, Shmaitza Gimel, V. Halkman, where are you holding? Vi where are we holding? Where's our brains at? What's our excitement? I, I, heard, I heard a line one of my friends told me, he said that Rav Druk, Rav Mordechai Druk, he used to say, he, he would say, our simcha, our simcha that we experience, is not real simcha. Our tears that we experience are not real tears. Our laughter is not real laughter. Our anguish is not real anguish. It's all fake. What is our excitement? Our exc- a new phone, a new car, a new season. The Yankees are not playing this year. They're not playing for 12 to 18 months. The Knicks, the Nets, it's all off. It's a resetting of everything. It's all fake. Rick Druk is saying, it's all fake. Your excitement was a World Series. They cheated. They cheated. It's all shaker. Everything we live our lives for is shaker. We need to understand that there is no place for a Yid living with Gashmias. There's no place. We need an autocorrect to understand that our lives are going 100 miles an hour into a wall. Into a wall. Because we're not focused. Just focus for just a second. Just have a little kavana. I don't need your fancy shuls. I don't need your custom-made I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need your fancy Pesach. If you gotta tell a binchah, could you just talk to your child just once? One year could you talk to your child? Not your child talk to you? I don't need your fancy weddings. One time could you get married and be happy and appreciate your spouse and talk to them with love and admiration? And thank Hashem every day that you got up in the morning and you're happy for the person that he gave you? Can you talk with respect? Can you raise your child so he could think that he'll become more than a big baseball player, basketball player? That he'll have some sagas for something? This is what, this is my message. I don't know if it's yours. This is my message. It's you need to be mechazek. Not somebody needs to give you chazek. You need to change. How? Just focus on what's in front of you. You're davening david. You're by the Seder, be by the Seder. You're talking to your spouse, talk to your spouse. Just be present in what you're doing. That's it. That's it. I was laying in bed and I was literally thinking that I can't I can't walk on my own. I can't lift things on my own. I can't make my own tea. I could do absolutely nothing right now. Zero nothing. The only thing I have is my brain. Let me just be present for just once. I don't even have kayak to swipe on my phone. It just doesn't work. I have this automatic text that said, I'm sorry, I can't answer any any questions now, shyless now, work-related. Nothing, I can't do anything now. I'm sorry, I can't. The only thing that's functioning right now is my brain. And I'm like, wow, that's what it is. My brain is so checked out because I'm so checked in to 50 different things. Right now, just check into one, one at a time. Many years ago, before I got married, I went on a road trip with my friends. We went to Washington, Baltimore, on Chalamaid. And on the way back, we weren't sure exactly what time we wanted to leave. And we decided that... Maybe we'll leave at this time. Maybe we'll leave at that time. And Hashem orchestrated that we should leave at a certain time. We were going to leave earlier. We got delayed, delayed, delayed. Boom, all of a sudden it was time for us to go. We're driving on the highway. I remember I was driving. Driving maybe 65, 70 miles an hour on the highway. Clear highway. No traffic, nothing. And all of a sudden... The whole world slowed down very quickly. All the cars just stopped on the highway. And I told my friends, I said, clearly something happened. Within a few seconds, we saw that there was a minivan that was crumpled against the guardrail on the left side of the highway. We pulled over, and I told my friends, I said, guys, let's go, let's jump out, let's see if these people need help. Now, a few years before that, I got... Trained as an R.T.E., it's like uh, able to respond to emergencies. My friends who are in Hatzalah always make fun of this, when I joke that this is like you know some. It's like between like a B.L.S. and a A.L.S. It's not. It's not. But it's like it's it's a training that you're able to help people. And I needed it for a camp once, so that was what I that was what I did. Okay. So I had this training. It like kicked into gear when I saw this minivan that was crumpled on the side of the highway. We ran out. The minivan was smoking. And my friends and I, we pried open the doors. We pulled them open. I remember the father had no idea what was going on. He was like in a daze. The mother was pregnant. There was, I think there was seven children in the back of the minivan. Many of them were bleeding, cut, in pain. And we called 911, of course. We took them out. It was a cold night. I remember, and we put... A few of them in my car just to stay warm. EMS came, fire department came. They treated all the children, the parents. They needed to go to the hospital. I remember um, we took all of their luggage, we put it into our car. The next day, you know, we drove to New York. They were in the hospital. The next day, we came. I went to their house, dropped off all of their suitcases, and. That was it. I remember I had a brisk the next morning and I didn't realize that one of the kids who I had taken out of the can- out of the van he was all bleeding and I had gotten blood all over my shirt. And we had t- we take we took a picture that night, my friends and I. And one of my friends reminded me of this picture of this story because he sent me the picture and he said, "Remember this evening this night?" A few years after the story, I was married, I got married, and we were hosting a meal in Eretz One of our friends, who had just gotten married, they uh, were sitting by the meal, and they said, you know, I want to tell you, guys, the most amazing story of Elioa Navi. And she says, I have a friend whose family was on the way back from Baltimore to New York, driving on the highway, clear highway, nothing going on. Father doesn't know how, what, where, when, blacked out. His car swerved all the way to the right lane, all the way to the left lane, smashes into the median. He's laying in the front seat, bleeding. Her mother, this girl's mother, was pregnant. She's in the front seat. Everyone's moaning and groaning. Within three seconds, they feel the car doors are being pried open. And there's four yeshiva Bahrim who are there. And they pull everyone out, and they triage them. And in a few minutes, fire department comes, EMS comes, everyone is safe. They put them everyone in the car, kept everyone warm. They brought everyone to the hospital. They took the bags. The next morning, they just showed up, dropped off the bags, disappeared. We met Eliyahu Navi, And this girl is saying that her friend, their family, was so excited they had Giloy Elio Elio Anavi revealed himself that night. I was sitting at the table and I was laughing and she's like, "What's so funny?" So I said, "Actually, it's nice to be called different things, but I've never been called Elio Anavi." She's like, "What are you talking about?" And I told her my side of the story. And it was a cute moment. We were able to like see both sides. Both sides of the equation. I know this is an evening of chazak. I know that a lot of people tune into Chazak because they want to hear that someone else, Huyevasr Basiris Taivais, Al-Yoanavi is coming. Everything's gonna be fine, everything's gonna be good, because someone else, some kobul somewhere is gonna blow the right amount of shafras, someone is gonna say the right words of Tehillim. Someone is going to do something, Mashiach is going to come, everything's going to be finished and over. I don't share that sentiment. I think that we each have to recognize that for a moment in time, Hashem has selected us, me and you, to be a part of this incredible story, His story, Hashem's story. And He put you in this matzav to feel an incredible amount of pain. He wants you to cry. He wants you to turn on the news and feel hopeless. And to recognize that there's no one but Hashem who can get us out of this. Therefore, He's cleared all of our schedules. Because He wants one thing from us. What does Hashem want he wants us to just be mechaven li To be present when we're doing everything that we're doing. To daven with kavana, to say asher Yatzar with kavana, to be a good spouse, to stop serving idols. To stop serving idols with the way that we go about our Yiddishkeit. To stop running madly into shoe stores because that is our Pesach. That's not Pesach. we got to tell it, bincha, understanding what it means to be a Jew, that a Jew lives for Ruchnias is the only reason why we are on this planet, it's the only reason we're alive. It's not for April 15th deadlines. It's not for your fancy shuls. It's not for your fancy weddings. It's not for BMG. It's for all these things that are so beautiful. Hashem wants our weddings, He wants our BMG, He wants everything. But He wants you sitting at home and opening a Gemara. He wants your kids to see you learn. He wants you to do it in the right way. Just once have kavana. just once cry a real tear during Shemayin Esray. This whole thing is worth it for that one tear during Shemayin Esray. When was the last time we cried a real tear during Shemayin Esray? I did when I was in bed facing the wrong way. That's the autocorrect that this world so desperately needs. Chizuk is not from without. Chizuk is from within. What can I be mechazek on? That's my Kabbalah. I hope you'll share that Kabbalah. Whatever is in front of me, I am doing 150% with no distractions. I'm not going to be on the derach driving 150 miles an hour, but I'm looking at the walls. I'm not going to be walking out of the bathroom on my phone saying Asha Yatzar. No, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to be present when I'm present. So everything in my life can become a little bit more real. I hope, I hope that you're able to take the chizuk, I know I'm so sad. I know that I'm so down and I'm sorry. I hope you're able to take that message of chizuk. Chizuk comes from You. Be then we could turn to Hashem when this is all over and say thank you Hashem for this giant manila envelope that you allowed me to open because I got your message and oh that message is so sweet I'm now prepared for a real relationship with you Hashem something that I never had before we should all be safe we should all daven talk to Hashem More importantly, let's take this message. Hashem is talking to us. There's a beauty in that, in recognizing that Hashem is talking to us. If we could open this message, hopefully, things can happen so much faster. We could see a real, true geula very, very soon. Have a good night. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.